0: happy saturday everybody technology is a beast today what the heck is going on around these parts i just want you to know that's the pg, that's
1: the PG version of what she meant when she said uh technology is a beast you i just want y'all
0: know that you better them. hey y'all i am sports mental health empowerment coach and couple marriage and family therapist dr lauren fitz who's that guy y'all know who he is
1: welcome back y'all welcome back this is ronnie Ransom. Good to see y'all all all again. Man, hey, look, we were talking earlier. It was such good football on last week. Like I'm talking about college football Saturday last week was amazing. Speaking of that, um, we had a a huge, huge, huge upset in the D2 sports world uh, last weekend. Um, the, The Panthers of Virginia Union went all the way down to Valdosta, Georgia last week. And, un- and upended the number two team in division two. 45-40.
0: timeout put Ronnie, your, put your house talk pregame wallpaper up.
1: Oh, snap.
0: See how Ooh. transparent we are, y'all? We make mistakes, we're human. We're Ooh. human therapists.
1: Y'all didn't see that. Y'all didn't see that. We, we a little, that a, little a little redirection. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I
0: didn't catch it. I told y'all I was tired. <laughs> I feel you. you. I feel you. Well, okay. how upset. are you today? I, so, y'all need to understand that Ronnie think he's can boss of me. I keep telling y'all that he's my co-host and he's like my surrogate son. But he think he the boss of me. And he's been telling me for three years now to get black seed oil so that I don't have all this morning congestion. I swear y'all, I do not have COVID. I don't. However, <laughs> I woke up this morning feeling like somebody stuffed cotton up <laughs> my nose. I feel like my nose is packed and I feel like my ears are packed. And then like somebody is just like, I don't know. I just, I have so much sinus pressure in my head. It just feels like I have a sinus vice. Just like, I'm just nasally and ilky and I'm tired, tired, I'm tired, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. So
1: hopefully yeah, that's how I am.
0: Thank you for asking.
1: Ho- hopefully you will listen today, you know, and, and order this black Sea. You sent out. me the
0: link. I'm gonna get it.
1: I sent it to you. I'm gonna get it. All right. I mean, hey, yeah. you know, if you want to be, if you want to be stuffy mixed stuff stuff, I mean, by all means, you know, go ahead. Stuffing,
0: stuffy, mixed stuff.
1: yeah. <laughs> stuffy
0: mixed stuff stuff. Yeah. Oh, stuffy mixed stuff stuff. That's a new one. That's a new nickname. I'm, I'm
1: trying, I'm trying to help you expel that mucus. Like, you know, we're trying to help the cowboys expel a wind out of there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. That kind of slipped out. My bad. My
0: we bad. were talking um, about Tom Grady uh, and Giselle, Guzel, whatever the her name is, before the show. Can we finish that conversation before we jump in? Sure. Yeah, yeah. In you know, uh, all we, your life. Why you so, have to be ignorant your
1: whole life? <sighs> focus it'd be be like that sometimes
0: talking about tom brady and we weren't talking about tom brady and the dagburn buccaneers beating up on my cowboys we were talking about his wife beating up on him we were talking about tom brady in a systemic light
1: and and it's crazy because i bet i bet giselle was rooting for the cowboys too last week and (laughs) y'all and y'all didn't do what she needed y'all to do she needed, like Skip said, she needed 11 from heaven to uh, do it. Do what he do best. You are stupid. So, because Tom definitely said the next morning, like, <laughs> man, they was out there hitting yesterday. Like, they was <laughs> so...
0: Michael took it to him a couple of times. He took yeah, a Yeah, time. <laughs> you know. But
1: um, now we were talking about how, um, how uh, Giselle uh, apparently gave Tom an ultimatum uh, for this season. Um, that this season is going to be his last season. I will say, you know, um, I think Tom is a classic example of, you know, uh, we see it all the time, but normally when we see it, we Mm -hmm. see athletes who either didn't make it to the professional leagues or, you know, uh, injury kind of, you know, took time from them and whatnot. We never really see it where, you know, somebody makes it to this stage of Mm -hmm. their career where, I mean, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, like there's really people in the league like this year who, weren't born when Tom Brady was first in the league. Like yeah, that's how yeah. long he's been playing football. Yeah. And so I would imagine, you know, that this transition that he knows is getting ready to come up. Mm-hmm. Whether this, whether this actual season is his last one, or you know, um for whatever earthly reason he decides to come back next year. Um, I mean, hey, you know, it's gonna be a transition, and, and you know. Yeah um i hope that he definitely you know talks to his team and you know his support group and, and definitely gets the the right resources around him to help with this transition you know whether that's yeah. a sports psychologist therapist whatever the case may be somebody yeah. that he can talk to because i mean yeah. obviously i think it's clear to see that he's making it very well known that life after football and i mean it I tell people this all the time. Like, I mean, I granted, I didn't make it to the professional leagues and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I can't speak from that standard. But I mean, just being able to play football for as long as I did and, mm-hmm. you know, having a career that I was satisfied with. I mean, there's still nothing eight years after I finished playing that gives me that same excitement that football did. I mean, you know, and, and that's just being real. Like, I tell people all the time, like, I love being a therapist. I love working with people. You know, there's other things I have interest in. But none of those things. it's kind of like that first love, like you know that that very first I'm love just you. Questioning get,
0: around that, Ronnie? because you I just had an aha moment when when you said that. When you think about other people that you know that have retired from non-athletic careers, there doesn't seem to be this massive difficulty in transitioning from one's work life to one's retired life, particularly within a mental health capacity. Why is it so different with sports that we see the introduction of all of these psychological issues when you all retire from sport versus somebody who was a CEO, CFO, or just a blue collar worker who who delivered mail at the post office for forty years, or thirty years, or twenty years. Why such a stark contrast in those retirement experiences? Do you think? And this is not even the topic of today's show, but it's something y'all need to hear. So we're gonna talk about it real quick.
1: If I had if I had to if I had to make a, a, a my best you know guess towards it, I would probably say that you know if you were the CEO of a company or like you know let's take somebody like you know, Jeff Bezos for you because he just stepped mm-hmm. down as CEO of Amazon last mm-hmm. year, I believe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I mean, granted, he started Amazon from the ground up, you know, in the yeah. garage, you know, the whole, you know, everybody knows that whole story and whatnot. Yeah. Um, And so I guess for him, you know, for him, he, one of the reasons he stepped down was because he, you know, he has his other company, um, Blue Origins or Blue Moon or something like that, mm-hmm. where, you know, he has, you know, supreme interest in, you know, getting to the moon, getting people to the moon, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think for him, he found passion and something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and another way to answer that question, to not get extremely too long-winded, um, I think the only one of the now I, I'm I'm I think one of the things that can be comparable to an athlete retiring from the sport and having such a hard transition will probably be maybe a, like a combat veteran, like if okay. He, you ever talk to a combat veteran, not all of them, mm-hmm. but some of them, you know, the ones yeah. who, you know, they were infantrymen, you know, special yeah. forces, you know, deployed yeah. several times and stuff like that. You hear a lot of them where that struggle to come back and be a civilian, isn't mm-hmm. because they, you know, is being a civilian and you've been a civilian your whole life, but that excitement, that that mm-hmm. that adrenaline rush, that, mm-hmm. that thrill of being so present and hyper focused on something, mm-hmm. on a purpose, on a goal, on a mission, at that mm-hmm. moment, it's almost like, it's an acute time frame, like a very mm-hmm. small time frame. You mm-hmm. can be a CEO of a company for 40 years and never get tired of it. Love waking up, going to do what you do every single day. Yeah. But we know with sports, especially football, you mm-hmm. have a very small finite amount of time mm-hmm. and there's no guarantee on how long you have. For some people, you can be like Tom Brady and be blessed to play football Mm -hmm. literally your entire life Mm -hmm. like literally your entire life almost and then you have people like me who football was only a part of your life Mm -hmm. and so I will I'll wrap it all up with this um I was having a conversation with somebody uh, earlier in the week
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: you know he asked me what my purpose was Mm -hmm. and you know when I gave him my answer he was like you know I appreciated you giving that answer because when I ask other, you know, dudes and I ask other, you know, um, men who are career people, you know, what their purpose mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. More, more times than not, they tie their purpose to their job or their career. Mm-hmm. And so I think oftentimes when we see athletes, you know, tie their mm-hmm. purpose to mm-hmm. their career or to their job and things like that, mm-hmm. when you can no longer live in your purpose, mm-hmm. you're like, well, what am I now doing? Now what do I, I have? Like, yeah, like, you know, everybody has to have a purpose for something. Like they have to mm-hmm. find purpose in something in order to keep mm-hmm. going, because if you don't have a purpose to keep going, where do you go? Like
0: yeah, you'll, just be, you'll just
1: be, you know, you'll just be going in circles. So I think that's probably the biggest difference between, you know, mm-hmm. just a regular, you know, nine to five job career, mm-hmm. anything like that compared to an athlete, you know, where, Man. you know, a career, you can have your career 40, 50 years, if you want to, yeah. but as an athlete, your career is capped like there will be a day you can't put on a helmet shoulder pads pants and cleats and go out there and hit somebody Mm -hmm. at full speed there will be a day that comes there will be a day where you can't run down the basketball court and hit a layup on the other side against somebody there will be Mm -hmm. a day where you can't hit the tennis ball over the thing you might be able to do it in the senior citizen league and stuff like that where there's no huge competition and billions of dollars on the line but to do it at that at that level at that mm-hmm. time in your life is literally like this. Yeah. Literally like this. So if sense. I had to, I would say that was probably the the biggest struggle mm-hmm. for a lot of athletes. It was, it was my struggle too. You know, yeah. my purpose. We're going to do a whole it.
0: show on it, you know, yeah. and it I want to say it's after the first of the year is probably when yeah, we I do our so. show on retirement and we actually have a former NFL player mm-hmm. um that's going to be the guest on that show to to talk about that. So really excited to learn more about that yeah yeah i mean and, you know i think it's
1: we'll definitely see how that I, I would i would say the one thing the last thing to say on that as far as tom brady goes is let's see how their season goes yeah. to see if he starts to feel that that pressure because it's one thing to sit there and say it out loud like right this is my right. last season he didn't do that last year he didn't right. say a word he played the right. whole season and then literally a week after they lost boom i'm retired. You know, so I wonder if some point during the season, let's say they maybe hit, you know, losing Mm -hmm. streak or, you know, Mm -hmm. they start, you know, God forbid they, you know, have some injuries pile up. Yeah. I wonder if that reality will start to really set in and -hmm. really be at the forefront of his mind where it's like, damn, I really don't have time anymore. I really, this is it. Like
0: I'm tired. And you would think that even though, you know, I don't think he's tired, though. He's great. Well, no, no, no. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm thinking about, um, was it Chris Collinsworth that said, you know, he's he looks in great shape the whole nine yards, but at the end of the day, his bones are still 45 years old. Oh, absolutely. At the end of the day, his lungs are still 45 years old. At the end of the day, his heart is still 45 years old and you can be in excellent shape. You can, but your biological clock is still ticking and oh, yeah. your organs know how old you really are oh yeah yeah so, so, I mean, so internally the one thing he, so he know
1: the one thing is he's been you know he, he's been saved by a lot of the nfl changes and rules you know where outside yeah. of the injury he had back in 09 he's yeah. never really missed any time from games. No. so that's this one thing to his side but
0: the pocket is his safe place
1: <laughs> exactly and, he, and he's the, definitely pocket he, is his
0: safe space they don't let nobody get
1: down and, no he don't let nobody get to him either so shoot yeah he, but yeah, no, we'll definitely um, circle back to that because I think that's definitely an important conversation. And by that point, you know, playoffs will be here and stuff like that. Right. So, right. you know, we can definitely see what's going on with that. But um, so, y'all, we got a great topic lined up for y'all today. <clears throat> it's called Danger, People Pleasing in Sports. Mm. You know, so have you ever wanted to impress someone so badly? Like, I'm talking about really, really bad. Like, mm. that you're willing to do almost anything. Mm. Like, does this seem like impressing others is the goal above just about everything else in your life including making good choices being around a good uh being around positive people positive influences Mm -hmm. but that need to just have people like you that need to have that acceptance that need Mm -hmm. to have that you know approval from others over yourself that can be an issue and especially when you're an athlete because you know when we talk about people pleasing in sports and it's very and, and people pleasing in sports is a little bit different than when we talk about people pleasing in general. And we're gonna mm-hmm. you know break down the difference as we get going, but mm-hmm. I think this is a really important topic because <clears throat> the one thing that I will say about people pleasing is that you know what you allow to happen in your personal life will always oftentimes seep into you know your professional and career life as well. Right. So, you know, if you're a people pleaser in your personal time you know, it's not going to be hard to not be a people pleaser and, you yep. know, you're professional and, and you know, especially if you're an athlete in that type of realm, because, yep. you know, the one thing about being an athlete is like, you know, always making sure that you're available. You know, the best, yep. you know, the best yep. position you can be in sports is having availability. Yep. So, yep. you know, we're going to talk about what that looks like and everything in a second, but um, Dr. Pitts, before we get started on that, did you have a mental health tip of the week this week?
0: Yeah, I do. I'll give you a quick one. Um, okay. And it it ties in, because interestingly enough, it's come up a lot in sessions this week. Um, And here's what I say to my clients who, both my non-athletic and my athletic clients who find themselves stuck in this people-pleasing rut. First and foremost, Ronnie, life is not a a popularity contest, despite what people might think. There are going to be people who don't like you. Everybody's not gonna like you. And if you're honest with yourself, you don't like everybody. Do you, And I know this might sound like me being extra, but you know what? I don't care because life's not a popularity contest. <laughs> and I, whether you like me or not is not right. making a difference to me. right? But do you wanna be associated with everybody and anybody who's ever tried to be friend or to be cool with you? Probably not, right? Realistically speaking, then why do you need everybody to like you? Why? Old people used to say back in the day, you don't hear too much now because you know the the vernacular is a little different, but old people used to say back in the day, birds of a feather flock together and if you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. You so pressed running around here, worried about whether or not everybody's gonna like you. And the reality of it is old company is not good company. Mm -hmm. Everybody is not worthy of having access to you. And you're going to mess around and be guilty by association because you're so busy being concerned with, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, well, what if they don't like me? What if they don't accept me? I've got abandonment issues. I've got rejection issues. I, Man, come on, stop that. Here's the thing. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to put it as, as somebody said, I'm going to put the hay down where the goose can get it. Let me ask you this. If you're honestly, if you're honestly and truthfully, Ronnie, If somebody is not a racist, why would they want to hang around a bunch of racist people? Why why do you need those racist people to accept you? If you're not homophobic, why would you want people that are homophobic to accept you? People pleasing in many ways is connected to significant cognitive distortions (laughs) that lead you to believe that acceptance by others is what you need or want in order to feel better about yourself. When the reality of it is what you really need is to be self accepting and to learn how to love yourself, whether other people accept or reject you or not. Because again, life is not a popularity contest. There will always be people who dislike you. And if you wanna exhaust yourself trying to get everybody to like you and everybody to accept you, you gonna find yourself in a world of trouble
1: before it's all said and done. Mm. Hello. Amen to that. Amen to that. I don't have a mental health tip of the week because I definitely want to, you know, um, share a lot of my my thoughts and stuff on this mm. topic, you know, in our in, in our uh, deep dive and whatnot. So let's go yeah. ahead and jump right on into it. Let's so, do it. <clears throat> so, you know, you may have a friend, you know, who might, you know, put their needs to the side. You know, we we <clears throat> always hear people say, like, you know. I want to be known as that person who was always selfless and you know doing for others. And when people needed me, you know, I w- I would come to their need. And you mm-hmm. know, when people needed assistance or advice or or financial things, you know, they can call me, they can hit me up. And when you see somebody like that, you know, from the outside looking in, you might be like, "That's a really good friend." Like, you know what? That's just so, noble. Just so noble. Yeah, I'm like, man, you're very mm-hmm. dependable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. The issue is, though, is that, you know, there's always with everything is good in moderation. You know, mm-hmm. everything is good in moderation. However, when we talk about people pleasing, you know, people pleasers need to please others for reasons that may include, you know, the fear of rejection, yes. insecurities that they might not have addressed or might not acknowledge. Mm-hmm. They need to be well liked. They need to be involved in others. And... When you, have so, when you have a situation like this, you know, for example, if somebody has a, a, a fear of abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people pleasing might look like, you know, if this person is disrespectful towards you or, or talks, you know, a, a certain kind of way to you, you might overlook that or bypass that because it's like, well, at least they're engaging with me, at least mm-hmm. they're talking to me. And, you know, maybe if I do exactly what they say, how they say it, mm-hmm. they'll still be around me because, I can't, I can't not have you in my life. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have a piece of you than none of you. Right. If you're willing to give me a piece of you, I'm good with that. I can take that because that means I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And or let's say for example, you have somebody who struggles with a fear fear of failure, Mm -hmm. fear of you know falling, you know having Mm -hmm. setbacks and failures and and missteps Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Well, people pleasing might look like where, for example. If, if you're working on a, a group project or something, you know, person who has a fear of failure working in a group project might be the person who'd be like, "All right, look, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna set up the board, I'm gonna set up the poster board, I'm gonna get all the materials. Look, I just need you to work on this. I'll take care of all of this." Mm-hmm. And then what happens is when the other group members turn their stuff in and they finally look at the final project, none of the stuff is on there. Right. None of it. They're looking at this board like, "Who made this board? Like, who is this?" oh well i just wanted to make sure everything was okay i know y'all everything really was perfect problems. it gotta be perfect it gotta yeah, be perfect i really i really appreciated everything that i just but i was just i was up all night i was concerned i would just want to make sure everything looked good for our project because we cannot afford to fail mm-hmm. you can't afford to fail you know what i mean but so when we see these things happen you know it, like i said from the outside looking in it can look you know innocent it can look you know chivalrous you know if you're a dude it can look honorable all those things but for somebody who's a people pleaser on the inside of them how they might be feeling they might be feeling mentally exhausted physically Mm -hmm. drained tired Mm -hmm. helpless hopeless they might feel a a constant urge to never be able to rest or never be able to feel comfortable Mm -hmm. because I have to always think about, well, when they called me and I said, I can't talk right now, and they just hung the phone up like, okay, dang, like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe I need to call them back and talk to them because Mm -hmm. like, that wasn't right of me. That wasn't, I need to call them back because maybe they think I'm being mean now. I wasn't trying to be mean. I just needed a time to myself. Anytime you try to do for yourself, automatically feel guilty. The thought of doing something for yourself over somebody else, is, is, is just unfathomable to you. What are some other traits that somebody with who might be a people pleaser might look like, you know, they might have a, a low self-worth or otherwise mm. they might, in other words, their automatic thoughts might be that I'm not competent enough or I'm not worthy enough.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, they accommodate everybody else's needs. They undermine their own needs. In other words, they self-sabotage. Yep. That's a and big one. And and when we talk about self-sabotaging, typically, I'm just from what I've seen, people pleasers who have a, a strong fear of a fear of failure. Mm-hmm. They sometimes they will sabotage their own needs because the thought of putting in all my effort, the thought of things going, doing everything right, and it not going right for me, mm-hmm. I can't take that type of setback. I can't take that type of failure mm-hmm. because that means that. I didn't control enough things in the in the moment to make sure this didn't happen. So mm-hmm. if I know I can't control everything and the outcome, mm-hmm. let me go ahead and just ruin it myself. Mm-hmm. What, what, what might that look like though? What might that look like for somebody who's self sabotaging as an athlete? Mm-hmm. You might skip workouts. Mm-hmm. You, might go, you might not go to the training uh room and, and get treatment. Mm-hmm. You might not you might not study that film that coach put on Huddle or on um, what is it, 27 24 7 Sports? You might not look at that film. You might not read the scouting report on the tackle that is lined up in front of you the following week. You might not look at the blitz coverages and the, and, the, and the coverage packages that they might have, that the coaches might have took their time to prepare for you, all because your fear of, well, what if I go out there and I mess a snap up? Or what if I go out there and I read the wrong read and I throw an interception? Well, I can't take that type of failure because if I fail, well, coach is going to look at me like I can't depend on him. I can't trust him. I like He's a good dude. But I can't trust him in the game. I can't have coach thinking about me like that. But if I don't try, then he can't, then he can't disappoint me. I've already disappointed myself. I can take disappointing myself, but mm-hmm. I can't have a coach making me feel disappointed. I can't have the game making me feel disappointed. Sometimes it can be too agreeable. They just agree to everything. For example, mm-hmm. let's say, for example, you a star quarterback. And we see this a lot. We see this a lot, especially with our, our Black athletes. Let's say you're a, a good quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not great, but good. Need some work. Ain't never mm-hmm. really had a coach really teach you to find techniques, to find motor skills and stuff like that of a quarterback. Maybe you mm-hmm. need to learn how to read coverages a little bit better, but you got the tangible skills. Mm-hmm. You have potential. But let's say, for example, you have a low sense of self-worth. Mm. And so a coach comes up to you and says, Hey, look, man, you know, hey, I'll be real with you, man. We want to give you this scholarship, but we don't know, we don't know if quarterback is the position we really want you at. Mm-hmm. You know, we think you're really good, think you're really smart, got a good head on your shoulder. You got a good future, man. You can really go a long ways. Mm-hmm. You can go real far. Your college career can be real prosperous and fruitful. But we're thinking that maybe, maybe if you would play a receiver. Maybe you switch mm. to the other side of the ball and play. So I know you played safety in high school, right? Yeah, you played a little mm. bit of safety sophomore, junior year. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I mean, you know, hey, we want to give you the scholarship. We love you. We want you to be a part of this team. Now, sometimes you, my athlete, might ask themselves, you know, like, dang, like even the coach don't even believe I'm a good enough quarterback. Mm. I really want to go to school. I really want. I really want. I really want this scholarship. I can't pay for school by myself. Right all right, Coach, you know what, Coach, I'll I play whatever you want me to play. How many mm-hmm. times do you hear kids say, Coach, I'll play, I, I play whatever you want me to play just to get on the team? Yeah. And, and while in some, and what I will say, in some instances, that is necessary, especially when mm-hmm. you get to like the NFL and stuff, hey, got yeah. to get it. Again. Yeah. But yeah. what happens if this is an all, a, a all too common thing? Right. What happens if a coach also gets you to say, hey, wait, look, we're bringing in this guy, a transfer dude, you know, hey, Mm -hmm. we like you and everything but i think we're gonna i think we're gonna split reps with you and him at at, at the safety position you know you let you get Mm -hmm. the first drive let him get the second series and see how things go Mm -hmm. all right coach yeah yeah that's fine everything yeah that's cool that's cool yeah the only time you feel value is when you comply with others Mm -hmm. you only feel you only feel like you're a good person you only feel like you're a great a great leader a great listener a great teammate when you do what everybody else says
0: to do. I want to I want to throw a monkey wrench in that all because right, when you were talking about that when when you first started sharing all this what came to mind is you expressed it at the end and I want to piggyback on that because I actually just had this happen with with a client earlier this week. Ronnie, what about those times when and I and I don't know if it's frequent or few and far between because it seems a little odd, but I know it happens cuz I'm working with somebody that was doing it. When you're such a people pleaser in your athletic play that you dim your light and don't bring your A game because you're so busy trying to impress some of your teammates that you don't want them to think that you're showboating or try to outshine them, so you fall back a little bit and don't perform at the level that you're truly capable of performing, because you've got this idea, you've got this internal negative narrative that oh, if I bust it out, oh they they gonna think I'm showing off, oh they gonna think that I'm 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 trying to get in good with with the coaches. Oh, they think that, you know, that I think that I'm better than them. What about that narrative? Because I'm actually seeing that with some of my, not a lot of my cases, but I'm seeing that show up in in some of my clients. And I'm like, okay, we, we got to really, really, really peel back the layers on this. Cause you saying you want to go to the league, but how are you going to do that? If you're falling back and dimming your light, what is going on right now?
1: I would say in a situation like that, there's definitely some um some underlying, you know, some maybe some underlying negative automatic thoughts that are going on yeah. there because yeah, no how I see, I think, I think when, when we broach this topic of people pleasing in sports, when I first thought about it, I was like, I mean, you really gotta be like to people pleasing sports, it's almost kind of like you were okay with almost sometimes just just complacent media mediocrity mm-hmm. and I, I was trying to think how can i say it in an instant in a in, the least in a pc the, way yeah <laughs> because my thing is like to your point like I, I think that's unfortunate you know that you know somebody would feel like you know because i'm i'm such a good athlete around my teammates that i have to tell back how how good i am to make them feel better mm-hmm um i didn't have that mindset i i can listen you know I, I i didn't that my i didn't possess that mindset mm-hmm. um if anything my mindset was the complete opposite
0: mm-hmm. i
1: was trying to embarrass you
0: like mm-hmm.
1: th- that's just me i mean but you got con-
0: you're confident though so when you think about well, well i will say that well like, i will say this though now mm-hmm.
1: part of it was confidence but i didn't always have that confidence like mm-hmm. the way the Honestly, you know what used to really just be just be enough motivation for me? Mm-hmm. Don't get put on my ass. Like that was that was enough motivation for me mm-hmm. to at least compete. Like mm-hmm. when I was in little league, you know, little league football, I mean not little league football now is
0: way, way, way. Right. More, little league football uh, now is freaking religion too. Yeah,
1: like it, I mean, now when I played little league, you know we used to have a lot of fans there and stuff like that. And our games used to be really intense and whatnot. But I'm more so speaking from the fact of, you know, the the pressure these kids are under at the, at, at the little league ladies, yeah. especially, you know, with travel ball and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say my confidence came from, you know, like once I realized that I actually had, like I liked football, cause my, I always tell people my first year playing football when I was eight, I was terrible. Mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. no idea what I was doing was mm-hmm. getting knocked all over and stuff. And it, mm-hmm. I just didn't know what I was doing. But when I came out there in my second year, it clicked. Mm-hmm. And then when I started seeing the now I will say this though. The when I look at it now, and I know I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but to answer your question, mm-hmm. if I had, if I had to be objective about some of my behaviors, mm-hmm. Like one of the other motivating factors I used to have, especially when I would go in, like when I got to college and stuff, like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I had a goal. Like as long as the coach didn't call my name, Mm -hmm. I was good. Like my goal for practice was to not get cursed out by the coach. (laughs) Like, and I would do and I would do whatever that looked like. So it's like to answer so to answer the question in this topic, it's like, The reason that would be my, the reason that would be like my motivating factor is because it's like, I used to feel like if, you know, if you yelled at me, then, you know, I've disappointed you, I've done something wrong. So now you might, you you might not view me in a favorable light because, you know, Mm -hmm. once again, now I'm like, well, then you might not be able to, you know, depend on me. Mm -hmm. So, but how that manifested on the field, it was like, you know, I, I made sure I, I knew all the all the plays. Like I made sure I knew all the blocking assignments. Mm-hmm. I made sure I knew all the audibles where everybody had to go, all mm-hmm. of that. Like I knew all of that for the entire offensive line. Granted, mm-hmm. it's part of my job as a center, but mm-hmm. once again, like that, that wasn't, knowing everything wasn't something that I, I sought out to do because, mm-hmm. you know, I was interested in knowing everybody else's job. Hell, I just wanted to make sure I knew my job before I knew everybody else's. But when I saw that knowing everybody else's job, you know, coaches like, I can depend on them, I can trust them. And like, I, I promise you, like I, I probably only got yelled in practice probably like maybe like shit, two or three times in, in a
0: four-year career. Does that um does that? not getting yelled at by the coach are there times ronnie when that trickles over into players sucking up to the coach or coaches at times they can yeah that does is is that a real thing oh yeah i think um
1: I don't know about sucking up to the coach or like you know in other words like kissing their butt but what i will say is that's a good one that's a good one because i don't know i honestly i don't i don't know because like I'm i'm trying to think of like examples of like what that would look like because for example like I guess the way you could look at, like, sucking up is almost like, I guess almost like being the leader of the team, in a sense. Like, Mm -hmm. you you unequivocally assume the responsibility of Mm -hmm. your team, and, like, you Mm will be the, for example, like, Tom Brady. We're bringing up Tom Brady again. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that Tom Brady was a suck-up to Coach Coach, uh, Belichick. I don't think he had to suck up to Belichick, Mm -hmm. but what I will say is that their dynamic, their relationship was in a way where, and you've heard former players say this, where like mm-hmm. Bill could rip Tom Brady in a meeting in front of mm-hmm. everybody. I'm talking about like rip him to shreds like he's a first, you know, a first year rookie quarterback mm-hmm. who just threw four interceptions in a game. Would mm-hmm. rip Tom Brady in front of the team, Tom would take it. Mm -hmm. argue wouldn't say anything back we'll take it and then go tell the other players like hey come on man you know coach is just you know being hard on us we just got to do what we got to do and you know everything will be fine i don't know if that would necessarily qualify as people pleasing more so as belichick realized that my coaching style does not work for everybody Mm. it's very in your face that's very aggressive it's very you know in your face yeah Good little degrading so, and demeaning at times. <laughs> very much so. But I need somebody with mm-hmm. stature who can take that mm-hmm. and then their behaviors after that mm-hmm. are what I want the rest of the team to, to follow. Because if I, could chew, if I could chew out this great player mm-hmm. and he don't argue back with me, he don't look at me like who the F are you? Who are you talking to? And mm-hmm. he goes out there and busts his butt, works mm-hmm. hard, Stays late, studies film, and goes mm-hmm. out there and performs on Sundays, mm-hmm. then none of you, none of, but none nobody else can say anything. So I don't know if that's people pleasing from Tom Brady's perspective, more so of as understanding the role in which he
0: chose to take. So when you look at sports at every level, whether we're looking at little league sports or high school and, and collegiate level, is it reasonable then to suggest that there's a thin line between people pleasing and leadership? I think you could say that. I think you could say because I think
1: I think the I think sports is probably the one place that I think as you get up, I think as you like when you get to college and you get to the professional mm-hmm. leagues. Mm -hmm. I think people pleasing doesn't work in your favor and I think I think the competitiveness kind of weeds that out Mm -hmm. you know because it's like like at the NFL at the end of the day it's about Mm -hmm. wins and losses right and we saw we we, we've seen so many times that is what have you done for me lately Mm -hmm. yeah you might have been great four years ago like for example I'm not. I'm not bringing this up in a malicious way. Yes, you but are. This, but go I'm ahead. Not,
0: what you gonna say about my quarterback? I would not yeah, now to Not how he looked in 2016 it's, when he took over Tony Romo. Okay? It's
1: not about him. It's not about him this time. I promise. It's about his mm-hmm. other boy, mm-hmm. Ze- Ezekiel. Ezekiel. But this. But this is. A, but this. So this. Hopefully, this makes sense to our to our listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Zeke's first three years, by all accounts. Best running back in the NFL, and it won't even close. Mm-hmm. Like, but we've seen since he got that money, and also, I mean, the running back position is—I mean, it's a—it's a brutal it's position. Like, mm-hmm. you get beat up, like, and you—I mm-hmm. mean, if you have well over three hundred touches a year, you get—you gonna get touched a lot, and it ain't gonna feel good. So mm-hmm. we've seen this steady decline go down and down. Mm-hmm. and you've heard the rumbles you've heard the thing people say like all right i think this is what year six or seven i think this they, is year seven mm-hmm. for zeke right they came in in 2016 yeah so i think this is technically year seven seven seven, year, seven yeah. season so one might start to ask like well zeke you know you ain't, ain't even putting up the numbers you know mm-hmm. like you have been and mm-hmm. i think i think at that level that's where that line is drawn is like well mm-hmm. In theory, that line is drawn because we've also seen where teams will hold on to a player too long because they're a good guy, because they're a good teammate and stuff like that. They'll hold on to to them too long, Mm -hmm. but then the rest of the team suffers. Right. So I'm glad we talked about this topic because now that I'm really, really like thinking about it, it's like, Mm -hmm. I think you can, I think you wholeheartedly you can be a people pleaser in sports. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I think, the higher levels you go up it starts to weed out because there's mm. factors that come into play where you being a good guy and a good mm-hmm. teammate and stuff like that mm-hmm. that can only last for so long mm-hmm. you know in college I mean you only get four to five years so I mean you know you right. kind of right. like you can just kind of like you know skate you kind of skate along when you get mm-hmm. to the professional levels hey look man we like you you've been great here, but But you didn't earn this money. Yeah. You know, we we can't help you no more. And so I think now if you are a people pleaser and you've used sports as a catalyst, you know, we we talked about purpose earlier If sports has been your purpose. And that's where you found Mm -hmm. meaning and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think what you can find is, is like, when you, when you go through that period of not having a specific outline, defined purpose, Mm -hmm. you know gotta identify your priorities exactly when you don't have priorities you cling to anything right oh that's good you will search for anything for meaning Mm -hmm. because you're just like i need i naturally just just genetically we we are purpose driven right so ronnie oh go ahead
0: I, i was gonna ask you so then that in and of itself may be an explanation for, and I know we alluded to it earlier, but you just said it more clearly now. So maybe that's why we see this escalation, if you will, in mental health issues upon retirement or when a, you know a, a, there's an, a career ending injury or something like that, because one's purpose is tied to athletic play. Literally, it's like, this is all I have. So now what do I do? And one of the things that we want you to know is you you gotta realize that you have a choice. There is life beyond Definitely. sports. And, and that's that's probably hard to hear. But again, one of the things that can be truly beneficial is seeing a Ronnie, is seeing a Dr. Pitts, is seeing a mental health practitioner that can help you. Because whether it's my athletic clients or my non-athletic clients, it's interesting that I hear a lot of people say they have no idea what their purpose is, right? It's like my husband tells me, he was like, babe, you're the exception to the rule. He was like, you've known what your purpose in life was since you were a little kid. He said, but that's not everyone's story, right? And I was like, "No." It's like, I mean, obviously I know that it's not, but but there are people that can support you in helping you to find out what your purpose is beyond your athletic play, because having a greater understanding of what your purpose is within the realm of your athletic performance, but also beyond athletic play can be instrumental in helping you to be proactive in addressing any mental health issues that may arise because you're like, oh, crap, now what? What? Oh, goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. And and I'm
1: glad you said that because um, I wanted to go over this um, also uh, in reference to this topic, um, Mm -hmm. because one of the um, things that we know that people pleasing is a a trauma response. It's a coping, Mm -hmm. it's a maladaptive coping mechanism because, you know, it comes from a place of like, once again, you have low self-worth, you have insecurities, Mm -hmm. you have poor boundary setting and things like that. So when you when your feelings have been validated in a, in a, in a light and you don't understand being safe and secure, and, mm-hmm. and first of all, in your own skin and then the mm-hmm. people around you, you start mm-hmm. to look for those things. And so I found this chart and I wanted to go over it real quick just for our listeners out there um, mm-hmm. to kind of put this in perspective for you, because we've all heard of fight or flight, the fight or flight system mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I found this chart and I, and I thought it was really cool because it breaks it down even more. And so. We know about fight or flight trauma responses, but mm-hmm. there's two other there's two other categories that we don't really highlight a lot either. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So, oh, fawn and and fawn is so fawn and flight are very similar, but they kind of have different responses. So,
0: mm-hmm. for
1: somebody who has a flight trauma response, they might be a workaholic, they might be an overthinker, they might have excessive anxiety. Um. They might have OCD or difficulty sitting still. They might have a perfectionist mindset. Mm -hmm. They uh, might be hyperactive or they might be sad when they're by themselves. A fight trauma response is Mm -hmm. anger outburst, um, sometimes being quote unquote the bully, um, explosive behavior, um, irritability, judgment, Mm self-harm. Then we have freeze. So freeze is when you have difficulty making decisions, feeling stuck. Disassociation and isolating, feeling numb, shutting down, exhaustion, and sleeps a lot. And then we have Fawn. Fawn is people pleasers, feeling overwhelmed, no boundaries, a lack of identity, codependent, appeasing, and um, self-critical. So when we think about these trauma responses, and so, trauma responses, these maladaptive trauma responses happen when we perceive a traumatic event or a series of traumatic events, and we Mm -hmm. don't have a chance to process those events in a healthy manner or in a safe manner to where we can Mm -hmm. understand the realities of those situations. Because When we don't address those realities of those situations, we're left to solve those within our mind.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we've talked about it before. And what do we know? Yeah, like our mind has a lot of thoughts. And I, and I find myself saying this to people all the time, you know, our thoughts trigger feelings which trigger action or inaction Mm. in a nutshell. And I've talked about that before, but when we experience a lot of trauma and we experience a series of of traumatic events over and over again, it it literally rewires our brain. It rewires how we respond to these situations in adverse situations. So a lot of these situations that we find ourselves in our personal lives, you can find them in, you can find yourself in a situation in the middle of a game. So for example, if you have a freeze trauma response mindset to adversity and situations. Let's mm-hmm. say for example, two minute drill. Yeah, down yeah. by 4, 90 mm-hmm. seconds left, one timeout, you on your own you on your uh, own 25. Yeah. You know you got to get down the field. You down by 4. So field goal ain't going to work. Right. Let's say for example, you get a first down. Next thing you know, penalty boom, 10 yard holding penalty. Now you got to come back. Now as the start clock starts to run down, you start to feel the pressure. You start, you know, mm-hmm. trying to get those physical responses. Adrenaline starts pumping, heart starts racing. Mm-hmm. But if you have a freeze trauma response mindset, the magnitude of that moment might make it hard for you to make decisions in that, in real time. So, if you're a quarterback in that situation and you have a fond trauma response to situations like that, you might have a hard time deciding, reading the coverage
0: in real time, and making the decision. Why so does this might- sound like a game that I've I've seen? Go ahead, don't say nothing smart, but uh, I'm saying you. It, it, it sounds so familiar, it sounds like a game from last season that just is like right here. But go ahead, I, I mean, hey, whatever. If, go ahead, if, if, the, if the cleat fits, put it on. Go but, ahead, um, man, because we got to go over these here. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah. So,
1: results. so I, I, I say all that to say I wanted to bring up those trauma responses because mm-hmm. I, we, like I said, we all know about fight or flight. But mm-hmm. freezing and falling are really important, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of times when, when a situation happens, and whether mm-hmm. it's traumatic or not, when a situation, when a flashpoint situation happens, mm-hmm. some will run, some mm-hmm. rebel, some freeze up, mm-hmm. and then some give in. Yeah. So yeah. you have to ask yourself when situations come up, when adverse situations come up, when, tra- when what we consider traumatic situations come up, mm-hmm. are you going to run from it? Are you gonna stand? Are you gonna stand against it? Are you mm-hmm. gonna freeze up in the moment? Are you mm-hmm. gonna give in? Because that's important. Because if you do that in your personal life, if you find yourself in the middle of a game, middle of a practice, middle of a workout session, mm-hmm. and something happens, how do you respond to that? If a coach yells at you in the weight room because you're taking time too much time in between sets, do you run from that coach and run to the other side and hide?
0: Do mm-hmm. you
1: get mad and go, you know, tear the weights up? Do you freeze up and look like, uh, what, what do I do now? Or do you give in, oh, I'm so sorry, coach. My bad. My bad. I got you. I got you. Be yeah. mindful of that, because yeah. I can carry over. And and, and a in in sports, you you have to know when to shut that off. And like, hey, I gotta do. I gotta do what's best for me in this moment. Mm-hmm. My team is dependent on me, so I gotta do what's best for me. Despite everything else, I gotta do what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Pitts, go, go
0: ahead and close us off of that and then we'll get into so, this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna just give you these bullet point tips real quick and then I got a shout out that I wanna do based on something I read somewhere and I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. I should've got it and saw it in pass past or whatever. Um, so when you think about tips to to stop people pleasing in sports or outside of your athletic play, you really do, we, we touched on it a minute ago, you have to realize that you do have choices you absolutely positively have choices. And it reminds me of a guest that we had on at the end of last season that was talking about um, how uh, he had sustained an injury and he walked away. He walked away from the league because what was being asked of him surpassed what he was willing to do based upon his own value system, based upon his own beliefs where athletic play was concerned as it related to his overall, his overall mental and physical well-being. You also, as Ronnie said, you have to identify your priorities, right? You you need to know, so we, we use Tom Brady as that example, right? It's like your love for football, your family, and there will come a time undoubtedly where folks will give you an ultimatum, right? You So you, you, you have to be able to prioritize and decide, you know, what your limit is. And then piggybacking on that there has to be boundaries. There mm-hmm. absolutely positively have to be boundaries set because if not, you're going to find yourself giving to the point of depletion, overstaying your welcome, you know, in essence, really eroding your own sense of self and your overall physical and mental well-being. You have to set a time limit. You gotta know when it's time to, you know, what what's that song by Kenny Rogers? know when to hold them know when to fold them you gotta know when to to stop you you really do right you have to know when to walk away you have to yeah Right. right you you have to know when to walk away because you can mess around and you know i'll tell anybody anybody knows i'm 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 I have the tremendous amount of respect for Tom Brady and the Aaron Rodgers of the world and so many other great athletes that have played this game. But when it's over, it's over. And my concern is always that when they surpass their time limit, what ends up happening if you have a life-altering injury Mm. that you did not have to experience had you just sat down? There's no, you know, no witness you, to that. you
1: know who got that? You know who got that life lesson. Well, not he didn't get it, but he definitely uh, got it. You remember when Brett Favre, uh that Saints game in his NFC Championship? The bounty, the bounty gate game. Oh, yeah yeah, they, yeah, 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 When they about killed Brett Favre out there, I'm talking yeah. about they yeah. about killed that man.
0: Yeah, he's and under I'll investigation for some stuff. That's another show. That's another show. That's another show. Oh,
1: he, yeah. He, he had to go sit down and time out for a while for that one. yeah
0: So um the other thing too is you have to consider, you know if you're being manipulated in any way, shape, form, or fashion because of your tendency to um, to be a people pleaser, both in and, and out of sport. So the, the, what I want to do real quick, um, Ronnie, I read somewhere and I couldn't find it. I don't always, when I'm doing research and stuff, I don't always print stuff out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to remember it. So apparently Deion Sanders' son, um through his name image and likeness revenue gave $30,000 to his teammates or something like that I believe I read yeah, that somewhere. he got
1: them um
0: he got them $500 gift cards I think yeah he, he which was you know he didn't have to do it so just very to nice a- yeah wanted to acknowledge that um and then it was something else that happened that I wanted to highlight, but I don't remember what it was. So oh well, I remember next week. All right, Ronnie. What, what are our, how bad did we do last week? How bad did I do last week with these? Oh, all right, I can say
1: you said how we. I, was, we, I don't speak uh-huh. French. I don't, I don't What's the scores, man? Come on, so hey. after last week, Dr. Pitts, your record for last week was three and seven. Uh-huh. My record was seven and three. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so for the season, your record is sitting at eight and 12
0: mm-hmm.
1: and my record is sitting at 15 and five. Mm-hmm. And since we haven't had another guest, uh, for mm-hmm. last week, uh, Chris's record of five and five still stands as the highest for our uh, guest for the mm-hmm. season. So mm-hmm. let's get into these week three games. Now we got four classic games on the schedule this week. Mm-hmm. Um, our first classic game we have is where we at 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 our first one is the wc gordon classic Mm -hmm. um featuring jackson state versus grambling state um in jackson mississippi today at one so Jackson um, State taking jackson state Mm
0: all
1: right there's you i'm I'm taking the uh i forgot what their mascot is but i'm taking jackson state too all right um the next one we have the lowest cruise classic between alabama a&m versus austin p um in huntsville alabama today who are you taking now alabama Alabama a&m got the doors blown off them last week by uh troy who were they playing Uh, they play uh, they played troy last week who are they playing Uh, this week they play austin p now i don't know anything about austin p but i don't uh, either but I, I, I don't feel too confident in Alabama a and after what I saw last week. Um, so I'm going to go with,
0: uh, I'm go go with Austin. Austin. I don't know nothing about them, but if Alabama's playing like trash, yeah, I'm going uh, right to go now. with this one. Look, I got Next guy. we
1: got the HBCU New York City Football Classic taking place at MetLife Stadium today at 3 p.m. Mm. between... The Bison of Howard University, the non-real HU, versus the uh, Good Brothers of Morehouse College. Um, who are you taking? Morehouse. Morehouse. Uh-huh. You, you want Morehouse though? That's the question.
0: <laughs> so crazy. I'm gonna take
1: uh, Morehouse as well. Um, all right, and then actually, this is uh, in, in your neck of the woods today um where are you playing some football month? showdown between southern university versus texas southern taking place in arlington texas at 4 p.m today who you got who is it? it is southern versus uh texas southern texas texas says tsu yeah because you got southern but then you got texas southern you ain't southern yeah. until you've been to texas yeah southern. i'm
0: taking tsu
1: All right. All right. Next one, we got the Battle of the Bay between the real HU, Hampton University, Mm -hmm. versus uh, Little State, uh, Norfolk State University today. So um, who you got? You going with the Spartans or the Pirates? I'm
0: going with Norfolk. I I I should
1: take you out this meeting just because you said that. I can't believe it. Next game, um, we got the Rams of Winston-Salem versus the Pirates of East Carolina, uh, not East Carolina, Easter sure. <laughs> No. Shore. Um, uh, no, Elizabeth City. I'm over here talking about some damn ECU. Uh, Elizabeth City versus Winston-Salem. Um, I believe Winston-Salem actually beat Central State last week. No, I'm sorry, not Winston-Salem. Lincoln beat Central State last week, actually. But uh, Winston-Salem lost, and I believe um, Elizabeth City lost last week, too. So both coming Mm -hmm. off a losing week. So somebody wants to rebound with a W today. I'm going with Elizabeth City. Elizabeth City? Uh All right. I'm going to go with... I'll go with Winston. I'll do Winston this one time. All right. Mm The Bulldogs at Bowie State versus um, Shaw University.
0: Bowie.
1: I can't have a giveaway pick this week, so I'm gonna go with Bowie too. He's so stupid. <laughs> we got them in 24. We got them in three weeks. <laughs> I'm be there. Can't wait. Calling Jared. <laughs> Calling Jared every day that week. Be there. <laughs> Uh, all right, our next game is Clark Atlanta versus Lane. Clark. Clark. All right. I'm taking Clark too. Um, all right. We got the Trojans of Virginia State versus St. Augs today. Virginia State. He better have man. has, that for has that for And last but not least, we have Fayetteville versus Lincoln. Which Lincoln? Lincoln, uh Pennsylvania. The tiger, I ain't gonna lie. He good? No, but <laughs> if you... you're so freaking stupid. <laughs> no, but I will say this though: their uniforms. Oh my god, they have They're... by far they have the best uniform. The best, best uniform in the CIAA by far. Probably well, the who they playing. They're playing uh, Fayetteville State.
0: I'm playing. I'm going with Fayetteville. Come on, I'm man. We out of time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm,
1: going, I'm going with Fayetteville too because said, Fayetteville, uh, yeah. yeah, nah, um, that's probably gonna be the only win they get was last week. But you know, hey, <laughs> their uniforms—they will win the uniform matchup every week, and it's not even close. Their uniforms are amazing, and they got this like okay. they got like the um metallic orange helmet with the lion on. Nice. nice. Okay. Come on, That's close
0: like us it. out, man.
1: We out of time. <laughs> All right, y'all. We out of time. But look, enjoy some good football today. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Be <clears> back <throat> with us next week. Same time, same place. Um, And we'll see how bad Dr. Pitt's lost in these picks again next week. Hey, look, y'all, this Eagles jersey is going to happen. It's going to happen. Bye,
0: y'all.
1: Y'all so- have a great weekend. We'll see y'all next week.
0: Bye.